Asanda Beda on SAFM. Some more good morning messages and just coming on Twitter from Kosibonile Ngongose who says, I'm listening, Kaya. Thank you there very much, Mkaya. Uh, of course, our poll question today, we're asking, will keeping children at school for longer challenge our current jobs market narrative of high unemployment? This says the Department of Social Development has handed over the responsibility of early childhood development to the Department of Basic Education paving the way for earlier schooling in South Africa. Two years of early childhood development is now said to become compulsory for all children before they enter the formal school system in grade one. So you can still send your views there on that poll question. 011-714-2006 is uh, the number to call, and you can WhatsApp your voice notes on 061-410-4107. WhatsApp on uh, this day in history. What do you have to say, family? Okay, it's a message. It's not a WhatsApp uh, voice note. So this reads from Mangaliso, uh, Robert uh, Sobuke, saying, no, 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 that's not from him. Who is this from? Anonymous. Okay. It says the PAC was formed at Orlando East Communal Hall on the 6th of April, 1959. And this is the first NEC under the leadership of Mangaliso, Robert Sobuke Asanda. Okay. You're just uh, side-noting us there, just adding to what also happened on the 6th of April, this day in history, back in 1959. Thanks, Anonymous, for sharing that with us. Let's talk corporate SA's role in saving the environment now, our time 4.45. There have been increasing calls over the years for corporates to do more than just pay lip service and do small projects here and there to help save the environment. Environmentalists say that uh, businesses have a far bigger responsibility to do their part and this is not only those whose operations have a direct impact. So how are South African businesses doing when it comes to preserving the environment? Let's uh, talk about this with Leanne Gavinsami, who is Head of Corporate Accountability and Transparency at the Center for Environmental Rights. Leanne, thanks for joining us. A great Wednesday to you. Thank you. Good morning. So why is it important for companies to play their role in preserving the environment? I mean, environmentalists are calling not just for those who are directly impacted or, I guess, are contributing to carbon emissions, but everybody. Well, it's, it's, it's important for all companies to be able to, to ensure that um, they are responsible for their direct impacts as well as indirect impacts because these companies rely on natural resources and other resources for their own sustainability. Um, and so, you know, you, you can maybe speak about self-preservation to some extent, but it, it, it is incredibly important, just as ordinary people are being called to make their own contributions for businesses to do so. Um, obviously, one would say companies must be responsible um, in, in some sort of correlation to their impact, um, but we must realize that those impacts can be very indirect as well in terms of different types of emissions and their contributions to causing harm to the environment. So how are we doing in South Africa in terms of our companies on this topic? Well, look, we are still among the top 20 emitters as a country um, in terms of a, a greenhouse gas emissions. So we're not doing that well. Um, we need to do a lot more to ensure that we bring down our emissions, that we reduce pollution. And I think if you, if you can see how communities are standing up against corporations 
um, challenging them in many ways. Um, be there new gas, be it new gas developments, or if we're looking at the way communities want to say no to mining um, and, and are quite resistant um, to new mining, raising issues around the implications of existing mining and impacts on their health, etc. I would say that companies are not really doing that well um, and have a great uh, way to go in terms of ensuring um, that, that the health of communities mm. are, are, are protected, that the health of the environment is protected. So, I mean, in, in cases where we have company, I'm thinking of the company, the oil company Shell, where there were issues there and all sorts of protests happening in uh, the um, uh, Garden Root area, where there were cases against uh, the company as well as mining companies that uh, uh, communities have complained about, where the company is operating in South Africa but is not necessarily a South African company. Is there much power that the South African government has? Absolutely. Um, the South African government, particularly the Department of Mineral Resources, is responsible for issuing um, certain rights, whether, whether it is prospecting or actual mining rights to these companies for new gas developments, um, onshore, offshore gas developments. And so, um, you know, the, uh, the DMRE is the custodian um, of particular minerals in this country um, and, and certain resources have absolutely the power to ensure um, that that there is mining in a more sustainable way. And there has to be a careful balancing between um, development on the one hand and ensuring the protection of the environment. Bearing in mind that oftentimes we think about the protection of the environment for its own sake, but where people rely on that environment um, for their own livelihood, such as, as along the West Coast, where Fishing communities have come forward to say, look, this is our livelihood. We rely on um, the coastline in order to sustain ourselves, um, feed our families. Then then you've got to consider that in, in its context. Um, other mm. communities have really highlighted the importance of the environment for um, cultural reasons as well. And so all of these factors must be taken into account when companies are given the right um, to prospect or to mine, um, and, and communities must be consulted in respect of those impacts. So it would seem like a multi-pronged approach that's needed there in terms of how do we encourage a business with a conscience, or how do we encourage compliance. You mentioned communities challenging companies. You've just spoken of uh, policies and regulations now. Yes, no, absolutely. We have quite excellent laws um, regulations and policies that guide decision making in this country, um, and you know it's it's an approach that requires both the Department of Mineral Resources um, as well as the Department of Environment of Environmental Affairs or Forestry and Fisheries to ensure that there is proper consideration of all these impacts. And Oftentimes, we see that because there is a lack of meaning, meaningful consultation with communities, those impacts are not properly considered. And importantly, communities need to be able to say, look, uh, we understand that you want to have development and we certainly understand and, and appreciate more than anyone else um, the need to create jobs. But 
what are those jobs going to do in the long term mm. for, our, for our children, for example, when they're not going to be able to have access to certain areas um, and, and, and not be able to kind of raise their own families um, on land which, which people have lived on for many generations. And so, you know, there is increasingly, and I think for a long time actually, there has been an approach that takes into account very short-term considerations. Um, and speaks about jobs in the short term. But in fact, what we want um, and what communities have said that they want is sustained livelihoods over the long term mm. um, and consideration of what those generational impacts look like. Okay, talking of that collaboration, what is the role of the financial institutions in this debate in terms of how they can uh, contribute to this agenda of sustainable um, environments? Look, financial institutions have a massive role to play, and we're talking here about private financial institutions, um, you know, our banks, etc., as well as public financial institutions or development finance institutions. Mm-hmm. They have an incredible role because they support these projects from the onset, um, and they are able to direct um, projects in a particular direction, particularly when it comes to development finance finance institutions, they're able to say, look, we want development. We want there to be large-scale infrastructure rollouts in this country and to see, um, you know, uh, different types of infrastructure, be it water, et cetera, built in in this country to support um, all people. But we want it to be done in in a very specific way. Um, And when it comes to mining development, et cetera, there must be a proper consideration for what those impacts are, um, mitigation of any impacts, and importantly, proper rehabilitation um, long after those mines have closed down because we've seen that as a massive problem where you know you have mining companies that would, would exploit um, uh, natural resources, close down, and then, and then communities are left with those negative impacts. So... Financial institutions uh, play a role not only in, in respect of direct financing of this, these projects or, or not financing those projects where appropriate, but putting into place proper policies that guide their own decision-making, um, policies that quite align with international standards, mm-hmm. which are increasingly becoming more rigorous um, and requiring uh, banks to, to kind of be a lot more transparent and you're seeing um, a real race to the top in terms of impact on the, the reputation of the of these banks. Um, shareholder activism, especially in, in relation to these banks and their conduct, where you're looking at um, at, at private banks or listed entities, um, are shedding quite a, a bit of light on what is required from these institutions, um, their decision-making, their conduct, their policies. All right. Well, the role then of the Centre for Environmental Rights, What? Uh, where do you come into this and, and how do we connect with you? Look, you can contact us on cr.org.za. Um, we have a role to play in respect of challenging um, corporations, influencing a range of actors that are responsible um, for decision-making. Um, we're talking about state and private actors. Um, influencing their decision-making, their conduct, engaging with communities. We have an approach that that really takes into account 
uh, what the direct impact on communities are, and we partner with a range of organizations to ensure that that is properly considered. Um, as lawyers, first and foremost, we take a, um, a legal approach to these matters, mm-hmm. um, but it has to be premised on what our clients and, 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 and what our uh, community partners require in order to ensure that um, the environment is protected for their health and their well-being. Um, so we encourage people to have a look at our website, um, contact us on, on social media, um, and, and, and keep track of these important issues. Because if people are talking about these issues, if people are aware um, of impacts not only in the, in the areas that they live in, but across the country, then perhaps we can really move the dial uh, and be able to challenge state institutions, financial institutions around their role, uh, like we've discussed this morning. Absolutely. Um, and see some real change. Yeah, and I mean, those companies are not just buildings. They are people. So we need to, as the people, do the talking, as you Absolutely. say. Absolutely. So what is the website? cr.org.za. And uh, handles on social media? So you can uh, contact at Center for Environmental Rights. All right. Thanks again for joining us, Leanne. A great Wednesday to you. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Leanne Gavinsami is Head of Corporate Accountability and Transparency at the Center for Environmental Rights.